0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. If only the world was less like this. I could use a smoke. Hey, put that out. And more like this. I could use a smoke. You murderer! I might have children one day! Smoking kills, unless you kill first. If you're around a smoker, you will die. Smokers may look relaxed and like they're having fun. Don't believe it. Vote yes on Proposition 421. Let's outlaw smoking everywhere, even in people's homes, and allow honest citizens to legally kill anyone who smokes. Let's live in a world without smokers. Prohibition works. Let's prove it. Let's move up the food chain. It's time to smoke the smokers. Vote yes on Proposition 421.
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 347, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. Other people have actually said that. To me, that I am the greatest man who's ever lived. You were there, and you saw it, and you frowned. Not you, the listener, but you, the man I'm pointing to right now—the mm-hmm. light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer bringing the beast master third shift. Eric, you can acknowledge that that is actually true. Acknowledge it right here, right now, on the podcast.
1: I'm not going to. I'm not. We already discussed this whole thing, man. You got this head. You can't even get it through your door most of the time, so I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't support enlarging the brain. Larging the head. I can't. Actually,
0: you know what? Do me a favor, because if I can, if I definitely can't get out the door, then I have to work from home all the time, every day. So you, my life would be infinitely better in yes. every single possible way.
1: And I can't so have that either. Help me out. <laughs> if, help me out. Come if on. If you don't suffer with me, we have nothing. In re- we have nothing related anymore. You know what I mean? We have through suffering, we form bonds. Okay. Without we already that, have a bond, though.
0: We did it enough we, already. We've done it a it's, t- lot. <laughs> it's
1: time to stop suffering. If there's one thing I've learned in life, Matt, that it fades over time, okay? Because I knew what true suffering was a long time ago.
0: That's true. But now I that.
1: think what this is true suffering. And I know <laughs> that it's not because I know what true suffering was, but the, it's too far. It's too far gone.
0: It's It's two different kinds of suffering, too. Like, I'm sure some of this was there, too. But that was, like, way...
1: Way like, back, way, way, and, and way different. Like, I, I don't know,
0: I, I wasn't the one who experienced it. But I was going to do hey. an
1: office base. way down, way, yeah, deep way deep. down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you already heard him, he, I'm already talking with him. So it just leaves me to say, Eric, how was your week this week?
1: Oh, well, you want to speak way down, Matt. You want to speak deep, 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 deep down. Let me tell you a story. <laughs>
0: I'll give you I'll give you another one, a, a mystery science theater one. Deep hurting. There's
1: that there's that one too. <laughs> oh goodness, yes. Well, everybody, I don't know if you like hearing the Eric stories or not. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest with you, because it's our podcast and I can do what I want. But I want to make your life better by letting you in on another Eric story. I have a truck. It's Colorado, Chevy, Colorado. I have an RV. We go camping. You all know this. Everybody listening knows I camp all the time. It's what we do. Um, this is the first year, however, that we decided we're going to tow the truck so we can actually have a car when we're camping because it's just uh, bothersome and cumbersome not to have that. Well, my truck is towable. I found that all out. I researched it, read the book, watched YouTube videos, did the whole thing. Well, first off, I had to get the truck able to be towed, so you had to you know, go purchase this $1,000 item that... You know, it makes it so it's stable and can actually do the whole thing. doesn't matter. Anyways, hooked it all up. Got it ready. Put it into true neutral, folks. This is what you got to have. You have true neutral. I did that. I even heard it. My father-in-law was there with me the day we did it. Heard the case. Little button did the whole thing. Went true neutral. Tested it out. Drove around. Perfect. Everything was working fine. Everything was great. Bam. Man, this cam trip's fantastic. Here we go. Man, first time towing the truck in the RV. What an experience. This is wild. Drove down the road. 37 minutes go by. No problem. Everything's just baking and cooking. All as well. We're about to be in Kalamazoo. Mind you folks, this has been an hour and 10 minute trip tops. Hour and 10 minutes. So 37 minutes go by or so. We hit these this big railroad track. You know the kind with the big hill. You know, and you got to go, you know, just like that. over Over the railroad tracks. We go over those railroad tracks. Just cruising. Seven, ten, ten, ten-ish minutes go by. All of a sudden, father-in-law, my, remember, he's come with me. He's behind me in his his camper in his truck. Hey, 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 hey! Pull, 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 pull over! Pull, pull, pull over! Okay, pull over. I already know something's really bad, and this is what it's, I already know. And in fact, I already knew what it was. I, I sensed it. I felt it in my soul. Because it was the thing I was terrified of happening. Sure enough, I get out, truck smoking. Yep, I know what happened already. I already know. I knew I knew this was going to happen. Because if a problem can happen, it's going to happen. That's the way my life runs. Unless it's my life on the line. Then for some reason I escape. Other than that, I'm going to pay a price. Sure enough, it's smoking. I peek my head in. What do I see? Truck's in drive now. Not in neutral anymore. Railroad tracks. Bumped it right out of neutral, which took it out of true neutral. So now the truck engaged and decided it wanted to go into standard again and back into drive, obviously. Which then, of course, made the gears go, and then they melted and turned to slag and fried everything. So, yeah. You want to talk about way down? Way down. We got to the campgrounds after waiting for about another 40, 50 minutes for the tow truck to come. Spend three hundred bucks for the tow truck, man. Just, you know, haul the truck away, get it back home, and then I have to go into the camper and I say, Mando, here's what we're gonna do. See his box. That's what we talk about at work, Matt. See his box. We're gonna open this box. All your feelings. Let me have them. Put them in this box right here. All right. <clears throat> put mine right there too. We're gonna close this box, and we're gonna put it over here. There's no problem. So we spent the weekend with all that in the box, and we went Smurf hunting. We had a great time walking the streets of you know, city of Kalamazoo, finding the Smurfs, helping them out, Go Gilgamesh, Golgomar, whatever his frickin' name is. We stopped him. We did it. We spent about four hours doing so. And, of course, funny story with that, the RV. We ended up taking the RV into this city because Brian was talking about just having us like illegally drive and have all the kids up in a lap and hide one underneath the upholstery you know and stuff like that and I'm like we're not doing that so we just all got in the RV there's n- you think there's parking for RV in a city man do you think there is there's not there's not so we ended up begging the shell gas station to let us park beside their building and then lock it all up and stuff so it worked out in the end but what an experience <laughs> So we did that, and we had a great time. And then we went back and bought some really great food from a smokehouse that was right by there. Had a good time. Watched uh, the Smurf movie, a couple Smurf shows. And then the next day went home, opened the box back up, and of course had to deal with real life. So, you know, it's been a a time. It was a weekend of greatness, sorrow, fun, bad, everything in between. And that was it. You want to know what video games I played? Only one, Matt. Just one video game. And that, of course, is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I played that because it was fresh, it was new, it was great, I loved the first one. And, of course, being offline for the whole weekend, it was a single-player game on the PlayStation that I could play. No problems, no no muss, no fuss. What a game. Having such a good time with it. I know there's supposedly some technical issues, even on the PlayStation, I don't really notice them. I'm not having any problems, but I, I'm always, I don't know, I feel like I'm always on the good end of that. I don't really ever end up playing the games and they're like, oh, my God, doors didn't open, uh, this didn't happen, frames were going crazy here. I might be dumb and just not noticing it or caring, but I feel like I never see it. I don't, I don't have an issue.
0: I feel like you got that out of your system with Cyberpunk. You were the one who had all the issues on that one. Everything was fine for me. That's true. You paid your dues. You, I paid the <laughs> price.
1: And, inst- and, and the boot. You took your whoopings. So this <laughs> one, you get away scot-free on. I get away scot-free and got to enjoy. And then I'm not done with it, mind you. But I am loving the fact that they gave me all my abilities from the previous game. So I'm starting off strong. And that feels great. Nothing feels better than when you start the game. And they're like, here you go. And you're already smoking to the, you know, the stormtroopers and the basic peeps and doing all that. And you feel like you are going from where you left off. Instead of how it is usually with sequels, where something happens, you don't have the abilities, or just for magical reasons, you just suck against all this trash, even though you beat a demigod in the last game as the final boss. You know, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. I just beat cosmos and now i'm still struggling against you know these dudes over here this does not do that you start off and you are powerful you can beat the hell out of some stormtroopers as long as you're mining your p's and q's and doing what you're supposed to be doing but i will say that holy cow they love to throw in a wrench so they have like early on a uh, rancor you can go fight and it's no joke this rancor was tough. This rancor was ridiculous. I spent hours fighting this dude over and over and over again, and I started to suspect that they were cheating. You know, we had this conversation before, Matt, where we thought, you know, the game knows what's going on because every time that rancor got to about 25%, he would do, well, he would do it before this, but he would always do it around this this spot. And he would go out, and he would do this charge, and if he grabs you he immediately kills you and eats you. It's it's a one-shot thing. You can't avoid it. You can't stop it. So we got to this point, and he would do it, and he would catch me over and over and over and over again, and it would drive me freaking crazy because every other pull before that, I would get no problem, but this one was different. So it's like the mechanic changed just so he could cheat to kill me. So after about 9, 10, 12, 15, maybe 20 deaths, I don't know, it was a lot, I got it. And as soon as I got past that 25% hurdle, where he did that weird extended grab, I took him down and got him, and I felt great, and I was like, woohoo! And then, of course, besides that, later on in the game, I get to it, and this might be a mild spoiler, it's not a big deal. But I was clearing this this camp of a bunch of baddies, you know, no big deal. And then I fell through a hole, a trap, a trap door. And it was the son of Ogba or whatever that stupid frog's name was from the original uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that everybody kind of grinded their teeth on. And he smoked me, like just smoked me. And I went, well, that's not a big deal. I'm not mad about it. But of course, when I started back up, I had to clear that whole camp again, or at least all the way up to the trap door where I fell in to go fight him again. And then, I, so I did it. Boom, boom, boom. Got in there. Fell down. And if you wonder what I'm talking about, in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, you have to, if you die like by an enemy or whatever, they get your essence. And you've got to go hit them at least one time to get your you know your experience back and all the stuff you had previously back. If you don't, you lose it all. It's gone permanently. So, you know the, the Elden Ring Elden Ring kind of thing going on. So I had to get back to him. So I got back to him, got my essence back. He smoked me again. And I'm like, this is annoying. What the hell is going on? Cuz I got to go through at least 9 11 baddies just to get to him. So they're already, you know, cranking away, shooting me, taking up damage, all this stuff just to get to him, just to even have a chance at him. And once I fall down, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I looked around all over the place. There's no way to get out. So once I fall down this trapdoor, I have to beat this frog. And so I'm like, well, I have to fall down the trapdoor to get my experience back to fight this frog. But on top of that, there's no way out. So if I don't win, I got to do it all over again. But to do it all over again, I got to beat all the baddies all the way back to this trap door to get down to them. That was frustrating. It was really annoying. I didn't lose a ton, but I lost about mm, half a bar worth of experience points, you know, to get to the next level. Because at the end of the day, I just wasn't being, I wasn't able to beat them and get the baddies down to get to them the whole nine yards. So that, that was kind of frustrating and annoying. And what I'm kind of getting to is this game is fantastic, but I do feel like there's Little pockets where they up the, up the stakes and up the damage and up everything like crazy compared to what you're doing, you know, in a normal instance. So having a good time with it, but I don't like it when I get stuck in those kind of scenarios. But I do appreciate still that the uh, the the son of the frog that I killed in Fallen Orders here, and it's an homage, you know, to that whole experience. That's really cool. But all that being said. Star Wars, fantastic game. They give you some new abilities in this one that I wasn't expecting, and I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't, but I'll just say that like the newest form of or way of fighting that I just got is Chef's Kiss. Awesome. And I can't wait to up its abilities and up its skills, so that way I'm way more proficient with it. It's going to be great. But other than that, man, besides uh, the sad weekend and that one video game, the only thing I've done is watch anime and work, so... We'll call it there. What about you?
0: Well, it feels like a strange week because the things that I did this week feel like they were from two weeks ago. And I'm guessing it's because we did a show early last week. Yes, we did. Now that I'm thinking about it, we did. But on Friday... Went out to the Wharton Center for a show called Cross That River, which was about an ex-slave turned cowboy in like the old West times. And it was really, I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. It was a musical, but not in the sense that I you would normally think of where it's a staged play and people are singing and all that stuff. There was a band on stage and then the four performers who kind of sat in front and sang or played guitar. But like in between the songs, they would they would say a few lines, they would tell a story and introduce his character. And then there'd be a song for that character and they go oh and then we went down to the fishing hole and down by the fishing hole we saw johnny the bass you know something and then there would be the johnny the bass song so it was this big long journey and it was like a two and a half hour show maybe you know with an intermission it kind of reminded me of like a 70s kind of variety show like you would see with like Sonny and share where they'd come up and they'd sing a song and they'd have a little conversation to lead into the next song there was an older african-american lady who was just phenomenal. She was an amazing singer. And the the drummer dude that they had, he was insane. He was one of those drummers that just is like all over the place, into it. There was a a spot where he came out from the drum set and he was just doing like bongos on this box that he was sitting on. And he was just going to town, going absolutely nuts. Just one of those percussion guys. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It was a great show. And it had a nice message at the end, you know, really kind of like bring everybody together. So, Really great show. Enjoyed that. Two days later on Sunday, went back to the Wharton Center for uh, Nat Geo Live. A talk called View from Above, where they had an astronaut who had filmed the most footage from the International Space Station. He had gone up and installed like the cupola, which gives like a 360-degree view, and done so much photography, so much video footage. He shared a lot of stories, a lot of video, a lot of photographs, obviously. And it was... As it always is, like I said when I was playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, it really takes you out of the muck and the mire that we live in every day, that everybody thinks is so important and so cool. But then when you see, boom, here's what the world is. This is the world. Here's literally live recorded footage of flying over the world and it slowly rotating beneath the space station.
1: Did he say, did he see the turtle? that the earth is resting on
0: well see i was going like to preface <laughs> this by saying i know you're a die hard flat earther so i know you've been fully converted eric yeah but it was just it's one of those beautiful things whenever you can see the curvature of the earth or you get that hint of the grandiosity of that we actually live on this thing that's bigger than you can ever imagine and then outside of that there's more than you can ever imagine in the whole in your whole entire world in the vastness of your imagination and we're just Oh, this guy pissed me off today. What a horrible day. Oh, no. It, it, it's crazy. He told a lot of good stories, did some Q&A afterwards. Really good show. Both of the Nat Geo shows I've been to have been really cool. The one with the uh, ocean photographer and the space photographer And this time. On the video game front, I've tripled the amount of games that Eric's played, but they're the same three games that I've been playing for the past month, maybe? Two weeks at least. Three weeks, maybe. First one is Like a Dragonesian. It's crazy because I'm coming up to the end of that game. I'm coming up to the end of the sub stories. I found out that I actually, from some quest, got a hat that will actually put every sub story on the map, like put a little icon on it for me to find. So I only have like three or four left to do. And that's one of those things where (laughs) in these games, I mean, you do get equipment, you do get items and stuff, but I feel like in this one, especially, I have no concept of when I'm picking up items, when I'm getting rewarded with like a sword, It'll be like, hey, here's a sword. And I go, ah, that can't be better than my sword. My sword's really cool. And then I'll go into the menu, and it does 200 more damage. Not, like, actively, but it has 200 more attack stat. You know what I'm saying. And I'm like, oh, oh, my my sword actually sucks. Okay, but my gun, though. My gun, I know there's nothing better than this gun. Go to it, oh, I actually have a purple gun. That's going to be way better than my green that I'm using. Maybe it's that storyteller part of me that I talk about on this podcast a lot. Where this is the sword that I made. I mean, I, I crafted this sword. It's got life steel. It's called the Skink Lizard, and it has this weird hilt that looks like like a lizard head with the blade jutting out of its mouth. I'm like, that's my sword. That is what I use. W- what's the sword that does 200 more attack damage? Uh, it just looks like a sword. Nah. So I think that's part of it, as I found this awesome sword that gives me lifesteal that's called the goddamn Skink Lizard. Why would I ever not use the sword? But the southern one's actually better, so when I'm in my swordsman stance or in my wild dancer stance, I'll actually do more damage, so I really do need to do more damage because doing damage is the name of the game. Ah, It's frustrating, but I love that game. Love all the sub-stories. I've talked about it more on the Whatcha Plane, which we just dropped a few days ago, whenever it is that we're recording this. And I'm kind of sad. I realize how much time I've spent in this game, but it's almost over. And even though I do want to go back and play Forspoken or some of these other games, it's going to be the end for this one. And I, I don't want it to be, even though there's not much else to do. I just have that really strong feeling in this one. I have a lot strong feelings for a lot of games, but thinking about the ending coming up, I don't want it to end. I really don't. But another game I don't want to end... Is Rainier Historia Perfect Chronology? I talked about a big thing that happened on the Whatcha Plan. I won't spoil what happened, but I got to two sticking points in both timelines. I had to get something from the first sticking point in one to go forward in the other. But now I've gone forward a few scenes, and I'm at another hard stop. I don't have what I need. But how am I going to go back into the other one? I still don't know how to get past that thing that I did. Do I have to go past it? Because when it happened, he went, "No, I'm done. I'm not doing this." So do I have to go back in and force him to go past that point, or do I have to start digging in, like the back way, and go and try and influence all the decisions that happened up to that point? It's so much fun, and just the just the thought that I have to think about that makes this really intriguing for me. Because when you check the timelines, there's so many little spokes that stick out from from the line. And maybe some are just bad ends, but some, I got a bad end and then a progression. So what's that third one? What does that do? Where does that go? I don't even know what to go and find in there. Some of them are easy, like, hey, oh, if I find this, I can take it back to that lady. That's the spoke there. But there's like three or four of them where there's the extra spoke, but I have no idea where to go, who to talk to. And the prospect of that, again... It's thrilling and exciting. And the other game that I've been playing, it's the game that I now have like 52 hours in. I told you just the other day I had like 46 hours. I'm up to 52 now. It's Marvel's Midnight Suns. I love that game like almost nothing else right now. Whenever I get home, I just want to play it. I've started trying to tell myself to take my Steam Deck into work so I can play it before work and on lunches and just have that be the only thing that I play and do. And I went, man, you know, I'm going through the DLC characters. I've got their little stories, and their stories aren't big. It's literally like three-story missions. But the the fact that you get a whole other character with a whole other deck of cards and all their abilities, and then the fusion of those abilities, and then the ability modifiers that you can re-roll on them and pay and upgrade them, I'm starting to get, like, deep in. Like, I I feel like I'm just smooshing my hands in this big vat of possibilities for each character because I unlocked this thing with Morbius where you pay him money and he'll buff up one stat at the cost of another. So now I'm rolling through everybody's stats. I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't have a, a strength stat. He doesn't have points into that. So I can use him anytime it's a strength down. I can use him. Now, he's get, now Spider-Man has like 85% critical chance. So 85% of the time he draws a card, bonus damage. It's insane. It's crazy how much is in this game. And I went, man... I want to know more about this game. Let me go on. They sh- they surely have a Twitter account. Boom. At Midnight Suns. Sweet, they do. What's the first tweet that I saw like four days ago, so it's not before the thing that I'm just going to talk about? It went, hey, guys. It was just a text tweet. Hey, guys, a storm is coming. We'll let you know more in a week. And I went, hawa huh, what Ha-who? Huh, and then like two days later... Boom. They dropped the trailer for Storm coming in. She's the fourth DLC character in the season pass. And I went, I can't wait. I can't believe it. I'm not a big comic book guy. I'm not a big Storm guy. But knowing that another character is going to come with this big soupy gloop of possibilities that I'm going to get to play with on top of all my other ones who I haven't even gotten into all of them with the soupy gloop yet. It makes me so happy. And then I'm thinking, man, you know, if that season pass did well and everybody's loving it, what about a season pass number two? What about a, oh, a second yearly pass? Man, oh, man, oh, maybe this is going to be like full-on, not like live service, but maybe I can, maybe we can get more and more and more and more and more and have Soap Surfer and Galactus come in and freaking everybody. What about this person? What about what about Colossus? He's mentioned in all the side conversations that I'm having with a sister. Oh, my God. It's great, and I love it. It's a great time to be a video game fan. It's a great time to be me. That's all I got for this week. That's, man, what a good week. It's been so good.
1: Well, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped because, of course, as you all know, we're going into some games that have dropped. And I'm going to tell you all about Bramble the Mountain King. I didn't know this game existed, didn't know anything about it, Every night, if you don't know, I go to Twitch while I'm playing a game, watching anime, it doesn't matter, and I find somebody to watch. You know, I'll just say, what what, what are these people doing here? And I kept hearing about this game, Bramble, The Mountain King. So I went, you know, I guess I'll go look at it. So I went and checked out some reviews. And and some little like videos of it and whatnot. And let me tell you, Dim Frost Studio developed this bad boy. It came out April twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, and it came out for everything. So any any system you've got, you can go play this on. And I'm like, all right, let's take a peek. And I did. And this is another series that's going to fall into the I want to play, but I never end up playing, because it's a lot like Little Nightmare. If you're familiar with those series, that little series, you know, it's got two of them but you are this little boy living in this weird world it's kind of like a, a based off like like nordic fairy tales and like that kind of thing and there's these really evil like weird and menacing looking creatures out there one being these gigantic trolls okay so you and your sister are out playing one day and of course you look tiny in this this vast humongous world and your sister gets taken by a troll And you want to go save her, so that's the whole premise of the game. You you start off on your quest, and of course, it's a a a, like as I've just said, like a horror adventure, platforming slash puzzle like game. All right, so you're gonna go in these awesome, beautiful environments, like a lush forest, a a disgusting like meat locker type you know torture area, uh, you know swamps and all sorts of different stuff. And the whole time, you're going to be platforming across different environments, helping different creatures, meeting different you know, intelligent life forms that want you to help them as you progress on your way to find your sister and, of course, rescue her. So you'll take on all these little side quests and and whatnot to help these little animals and the little different people and whatnot, all to find her. And then through finding her, you're going to experience a billion of these just... Evil-looking trolls, creatures from the nether realms. I mean, it's it's wild. It looks like disgusting, but in like that beautiful way. I mean, once again, it's just hard not to say. Look at uh, Little Nightmares. It's it it definitely takes a lot from that, but puts you in a whole different world and a whole different environment. But you're doing that, and I love that. You know I me. Mean? I'm big on like the whole Fey realm and all that good stuff, and this really draws. That kind of inspiration, that kind of picture, that kind of world. And of course, I I do love jumping around, solving mild puzzles and and platforming all over the place and avoiding, of course, these evil, menacing looking creatures as they just want to gobble you up and eat you or deceive you and screw you over in some way. It looked right up my alley. But I never end up playing these games, and it really bugs me, because especially with this one, Bramble of the Mountain King looks fantastic, and of course, as I alluded to in the very beginning, all the Twitch streamers and stuff that I did watch who were playing it were just having nothing but a good time for it. So I, I want to let everybody know out there, this game exists, it is out, and it's out on everything. Go give it a look, and maybe try it out. I want to do it for sure, but you know, I'm already 5 million games behind and everything. It's, it's impossible.
0: And man, you want to talk about games that you, the host who talks about them, wants to play. I'm going to talk about The Last Case of Benedict Fox, which avid listeners will remember when it first got revealed, however many months ago, you and I, Eric, were both hyped about this one. Mm-hmm. But it's officially out as of the 27th of April, developed by Plot Twist, published by Rogue Games for PC and Xbox, and it's on Game Pass. This is the Metroidvania Dark Lovecraft Detectiving kind of a game. You play as Benedict Fox, your father who runs this... I don't know if he runs like a supernatural agency, but he passes away and you have to investigate what happened to him. But the beauty of this game is that Benedict Fox has this supernatural demon-like creature inside of him. So you can talk... To it, it talks to you, and then you also can jump between the real world and the world of limbo in the afterlife to figure out lots more stuff about what's going on with your dad, what's going on with him, what's going on with other dead people who you run into. And it's just a traditional kind of a 2.5D Metroidvania, so you're platforming all around. You've got combat with these different twisted creatures, especially in Limbo, where you've got some simple melee attacks, light attacks, heavy attacks, but then you have a one-shot flare gun, which is pretty much going to take out anything, but you get one shot until you reload it by beating other enemies. And just watching this game in action, you have to see it in action. Watch some trailers, watch some reviews. The art style in this game, the graphics are so beautiful they're so unique and beautiful and dark and and twisted but also bright and colorful it's just this beautiful mesh there's nothing else like it you've got to see it and then from what i've been hearing you know the combat's not too deep it's not too interesting you do have a parry you do have a counter so you can make it deeper and more interesting if you want but what excites me even more than the usual stuff of metroidvania with combat and dark themes and death and limbo is that they say the puzzles in this game are fantastic like adventure game style puzzles where it's not just find a key or or find a little demon whip and now you can access the demon door now you have to go to this demon door that has symbols on it and open up your little book and get your little poom deciphering device and make an actual puzzle happen some reviews have said there's actually a language in this game that you can learn and figure out and some of the puzzles and not all puzzles are mandatory but some of the puzzles. Are written in this language. So you have to figure it out. You have to use math skills to figure out other puzzles. And that excites me to no end. And if it doesn't excite you to no end, not many reviews that I've watched have said this, but the last one I watched said there's tons of accessibility features in this game. If you don't want to be doing combat, if you're terrible at combat, you can turn that almost completely off and make all the enemies one-hit kills, and they do almost no damage to you. If you hate doing puzzles... You can turn the puzzles off, and they'll basically solve themselves. That needs to be talked about more. Because, you know, when I say difficult adventure game style puzzles and math and this whole language you got to learn, even sometimes I'm going to be like, man, I'm going to come home from work and not be able to do that. But you know what? If you just can't do it at all, boom, turn the switch, turn the slider, off you go and have a wonderful adventure. The only other bad thing I've heard about this is that right now, as we're recording this, it is undergoing there's like a save glitch where you could possibly lose all your game data and lose hours of your time, which absolutely sucks. And if you want to wait till that's patched out, definitely I would recommend it. But I've heard from one of those reviews that if you manually exit the game instead of just turning your console off after you save, it seems to not affect you as much. So just be aware of that. You know, Check out the patch notes. See if that's already been patched by this time. I don't know. Maybe that review was from two days ago and it's already fixed. But I have to play this game. I have to. This is that one with those hard-boiled detective-slash-film-noir-meets-Lovecraft influences. Every time I watch footage of this game, I get the itch. Maybe this will be what I play on my Steam Deck after Marvel's Midnight Suns is finally done. You at least have to look at it, because the graphics look so beautiful. Check out The Last Case of Benedict Fox. I guarantee it's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before.
1: Something we haven't seen in a long time but it brought a whole spark of happiness back to me. Was yesterday, May third, Battleborn Day. Of course, that's back in the old days when this launched. Everyone's excited. It was all crazy. Such a good time. As you know, that's the whole reason we started this whole show. The it all goes from there. But we haven't really, you know, thought about it in a, in quite a while, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's been gone for quite some time now,
0: except for like two weeks ago when we talked exactly. about reviving dead games. <laughs> yes.
1: Exactly, except for a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, this comes around, and it was just fun to just see uh, the Gearbox team start posting pictures and thoughts about when they were making this game and things they did and and how it all went down. Then, of course, the fans and folks who covered it back in the day all start chiming in with memories and and this and that of when there was Battleborn Days and we were playing and having a great time doing PvP, PvE, and it was just like, wow, man. That game was great. Man, what happened to that? I want it back. And, and and then it made me go to my locker, which, if you don't know, dear listener, still has. All my hand-drawn art of all the different Battle Born things I drew, they're all there. I've got them all there. They're all sitting in there. So I went in there, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, oh, man, Trash Can Burr, that was great. Oh, man, you know, I had all. old... Uh, or Rendy, you know, messing with the, uh, the Spy vs. Spy. And then, of course, Minrec, the whole Minrec one, Jim Feronda, getting fed to Minrec. And it was just such a good time. Great memories. Glad it got, you know, brought back out and popped back up for me. Because I felt like I didn't see it the year before, maybe even the year before that. But for whatever reason, it popped this year. And it was just a cool flashback and a cool just time of remembrance for... A game that was wonderful and you know, kind of also harkens back to our conversation. Of course, like I said, when we were talking about games that could come back and what happened to them, just, man, what a game, what a day. It was a good time.
0: I 100% agree with everything you said. When Battleborn was still around and kicking and they had events for Battleborn Day, it was something we always knew and thought about and talked about on the show, but since that all stopped and obviously since Battleborn went away, I never think about it. So it was, just like you said, a total... Blast from the past. It felt like felt like being a kid again almost when you see all the stuff popping up. You're like, oh yeah. I remember those Toby, cheapy pixel art animations. I remember Sung Kim's beautiful artwork, the name plates Mm -hmm. with the cheapy arts, that big old group photo. The oh man, just the the movie poster for Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion. Oh, that was gold. The best piece of DLC I've ever played in my entire life that felt like it was made 100% one hundred percent, just for me. It literally took me back to those first moments playing it with you, and just every time the saxophone would start in, and the film grain came on, and it started going black and white, and he'd start with his, his, his fully full-on hot boiled detective voiceover, and I every time it happened, I was oh my god, yes, yes.
1: And it never stopped. And for me, it was the kazoo. It was the kazoo for me, man. Uh huh. I just I instantly, I was like, "Oh, I love this." And that was perfect too, because
0: it took it set it up with like three or four of those story ops. and then you see Mike, and your brain goes, "What?" And then it goes, magical, magical. And I'm not saying any of the other story ops were bad, but that one just it will always have a place in my heart. I'll always remember. I remember Battleborn for a lot more than that, but just for that being just the apex, just the the perfect. This is format DLC, and it makes me so sad, and not really mad, mad, but mad that I can never actively experience it again. I can't play through that story app and see those ten stories ever again. I can go back and watch the one that I have saved on on our Twitch account. I can watch that one. I'll miss all the other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're recorded somewhere. Somebody's got a playthrough of them. But it'll never be my playthrough the way that I did them because I did that story up the same way every time. We could go into a million stories about it. Oh, yeah. There's just that flood of memories, all the good times we had with that game. And then it made me realize, too, because I looked it up, You know, Battleborn's been around for, it started like seven years ago. Seven years. And again, this is one of those moments, you and I, Eric, are totally different people than we were at that point. And I don't feel like we've changed all that much, but seven years? Yeah, we sure have. It's crazy. It's crazy
1: to think about. It's insane to think about. And, of course, I'll just end it with saying, remember the Demon Bear? Remember that that one And we got that awesome ending yes. where we didn't have to fight? Uh-huh. And then we never got the ending ever again. No, we never did. <laughs> one time ever. We got the ending where we didn't have to fight, and me and you were just like, woo this is the best. Oh, it's so funny. And then we begged for that one every time from then on and never got it. But that one came at the perfect time because that was like a a fully full-on
0: 1.30 in the morning. We are so drunk and tired and mm-hmm. exhausted. And that bear was always tough because yeah, the stupid ghost sucked. bears that would insta-down you every mm-hmm. single time. Oh, no, not this. Oh, please, God. Oh, let's just give the bear a hug. Whoop. Friendship unlocked. Go home. Oh, my God, did it. It was just like.
1: It just happened?
0: It was just like death trap in the bunker. Somehow, this happens for us, mm-hmm. and that was one of those moments.
1: It really was. What a good time it was! And then, of course, you know, as many people, you know, mentioned the heart of Echinar and how the story—we never got the you know the end end. Yeah, and it just oh, left on such a crazy note of what was going to happen.
0: And It makes me sad too. Uh, this will be the last thing. Then I'll be done. But, you know. That cast of characters was huge. Oh, yeah. Not like huge, huge, but huge. And there were so many characters I never gave a fair shake to. And now I can never again. Like, I played as Montana maybe twice. This isn't really for me. But I know people who loved playing Montana. Mm -hmm. I've seen awesome Montana gameplay. I go, man. I could have been good as Montana. I could have played Marquise. I could have played this character,
1: and I never did. Oh, well, Melka for me! Like I don't think I've played her even twice, mm-hmm. maybe three times tops ever.
0: And we never can again. No, nope. it's got. There's got to be something. There's get. They got to do something. Come on.
1: I hope so. I really do. I, I we've talked about it before. I just I really hope somehow there's another chance there for him
0: okay, I lied, this is going to be the last thing, <laughs> that the person who organized the, the video and did the video with all the all the tributes and stuff, they posted up a screenshot of their desk with Battleborn stuff all over it and a copy of the game. And when I was at Disc Traders, like a week ago or whenever it was, I saw a copy of Battleborn. And since I bought the digital version, we both did on our PS4, uh-huh. I went, I should buy that. Even though I could never play it, I'll have it. And what, why I'm talking about this is there's got to be so much data on their disk that somebody who's way smarter than me could do something with. There's got to be something. Like, I know I'd access the servers to put stuff together, but there's got to be stuff there that somebody could make some kind of private server some kind of thing with.
1: There's got to be, right? You would imagine that's the case. I mean, the disc literally can't just be empty, or maybe it could be. Maybe, maybe it, all it does is provide you a link to where the game existed in the <laughs> cloud and on the servers, et cetera. But I feel you're right. Even if you're not right for that reason, I feel like I should just go pick up a hard copy. Yeah. And then over the course of the next few years, maybe I'll meet up with you know we'll meet up with Jim again. We'll be able to, you know have Jim sign it. Maybe we'll meet up, finally get over to Texas and meet up with the Gearbox team and get them to sign it. We'll have you know a piece of history. That we can have forever. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. So I think it's worth it just for that alone. Let alone the possibilities of maybe somehow getting to play that game again, you know, in all of its true glory.
0: Or just pull that opening theme and ending theme off of there. Oh man, so good. So oh, good. And oh, I think man. that that when that last time we played, okay, this will be the third thing that's gonna be my last thing. That last time we played and I think we maybe just played the Heliophage. Mm-hmm. We played that last stage and we hit those end credits and that animation started and the song started. I love that. And I remember just leaning back in my chair and going, oh, because I'd forgotten because that's a big, long stage. We didn't play it much you know. after the first few times we did it. I was like, man, this is just chef's kiss. This is the perfect way to end this game. And I'd forgotten about it. And I was like, man, this this is all going away. I had that moment of just... I'm losing art here. Beautiful. Oh, man. Wow.
1: Mm -mm. Well, rest in peace, Battleborn. We will always remember. We will always love you. We hope and hope and hope that in some way you do come back to us in the future. But, of course, the game did come out, Matt. The future's here. The time is now. Redfall hit. It came out to very, 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 very mixed middling reviews. It was supposed to be kind of like a a bag in for Microsoft, Xbox, or whatever to start the whole cascade of games that are amazing and that Xbox is going to be known for and it was going to build them up and make them cool and unfortunately, it didn't and I just, I don't want to, I don't want to bag Microsoft, I don't want to really go into like super detail about it, but it does kind of suck. It is a bummer because Halo Infinite didn't give what it promised. It didn't keep the people's minds and intentions there forever and ever and ever and ever like it was supposed to. And then we got this one and it also kind of, man, dropped the ball here. And now everybody's going, what about Starfield? You know, and and there's many directions to go here. And on top of it all, there was also the interview with Phil Spencer by the XCast over at Kind of Funny. So I don't know where you want to go or how much you want to touch on, but I I feel like we have at least got to talk about it for a minute because it is big, it is relevant and it is an issue. I'm not a big Xbox person myself. I do have Game Pass and I do play occasionally, but I know you're a little bit bigger in that realm and you know what do you think? What's what's going on here? Well, I
0: think overall I'll just say I'm not going to dog on the studio, the game, any anybody like that cuz bad things just do happen and we've we've heard it from studio people battleborn is an example nobody wants to make a game that fails and especially in the redfall example nobody wants to make a game that people think is bad everyone sets out to make something good and it just sucks when it doesn't come out that way but it just i'm, I'm torn in this one because i feel like this is one of those things and we've talked about it we've talked about redfall before how this is like the the xbox camp versus the sony camp versus the nintendo camp versus the whatever if you like xbox at all you have to have this be like your your giant flag that you were going to plant in the ground and say Redfall is going to be it and i play my xbox i love my xbox i will support xbox all the time but i don't buy systems just for the first party games i mostly buy systems nowadays for everything else and just having all the systems lets me play anything i want wherever i want so it, I'm more of an Xbox guy than you are, but I'm not like... You're not invested. You're not an Xbox guy. I'm not Xbox camp or bust. Uh, only first party games matter. For me, Xbox is the Game Pass machine. I've said that before. I can play so many games. I feel weird whenever we talk about it because just like with most things in life, I'm not one side or the other. I'm like, I'm in the middle. Xbox is great. We've said it before when we've talked about it. If Redfall comes out and is awesome, great. If it comes out and it's Received poorly, okay, I wasn't invested in it. It's not my hill to die on, so I'm just... This is a weird thing.
1: Well, the only the only concern or problem I have, and it's not even really that because I don't... To be honest, I don't really care that much, is that the Xbox right now doesn't have those big hitters, you know, those first-party big hitters. It's, it's, it's a fact. It's the way it is. PlayStation does. Nintendo does. And with the interview that they had, Phil Spencer even brought it up. He said, look we're in third place you know nintendo's beating us playstation's beating us on that front we've got to go our own direction we've got to do our own thing and i think what he was alluding to is that he just wants them to build provide games and provide a good time on any console on any any pc or wherever it is and not just be like hey we're in the console war here's my here's our xbox for you to buy I don't think that's where they wanna go. I really feel like he's just trying to say, no, we wanna be more of a service to those who love Xbox, to those who love playing on either the our console or, or the PC or wherever allows them to put the system at. Because it's true. He said it himself as well, and that the play the last last gen race was the big one. Everybody got all their digital games, got their home base set up, and he's hundred percent right in that I might lie. I might love an Xbox game that comes out, but I've got a bajillion games now from PS4 onward that I just have over here. I'm not. I'm not switching. You know, what I mean, I'm playing on PlayStation. That's my primary console now, and I'll dabble in Xbox. I'll dabble on Game Pass, but this is where my home is now.
0: And, and two things, he even said that, which I, which yeah. I'll give him credit for, is he said, you know, wherever your digital library is, is where you're just gonna be. Nobody's gonna sell their PlayStation to go jump over to Xbox. Nobody's going to sell their Xbox to jump over to PlayStation. Mm -hmm. If you've been an Xbox gamer, that's where your home is. Because you and I, same thing. I have so many PS4 games, I can just download and play whenever I want. Boom, right here. I didn't have an Xbox One, so I don't have that there. But then the other thing, and you mentioned it, but one of the PC-based content creators that I listen to a lot, Mm -hmm. he said he loves Xbox for that parody with PC. Anything that's on Xbox, he can play on his PC, and vice versa. So I think that's kind of the beauty of where they're at right now. If you don't play a lot of PC games, you won't you won't get that kind of crossover connection. But I love that too. I can jump on my Xbox app here on my laptop right now and download Last Case of Benedict Fox. I can download Redfall. I, so many games that I didn't even know we're new to Game Pass. I just opened it up right now to verify that Benedict Fox was here before the show. There's so many games. Coffee Talk 2. I didn't know that was coming to Game Pass. Boom. It's right there. I could pl- could have played it for free instead of pre-ordering it, but I could do it here. I can do it there. Whichever way I feel more comfortable, I think that's something that is really cool and unique and that it it crosses over. Obviously, you can play God of War on PC, but it's not one-to-one. Mm-hmm. If you get it on PS5... You can't play it on your PC. You have to get it again. If you have Game Pass and there's a game there, you can play it here, there, everywhere that's supported. It's not what gamers are used to. They're used to thinking of, I'm in my camp and you're in your camp. But I think it's a unique way of, of looking at the future of gaming,
1: really. That you can kind of dabble in any camp and be happy and have a home base but also support the other guys or gals or whatever you want to call it because I'm in that same boat. I don't have an Xbox, but I do have a PC and I'm allowed to have my Game Pass over there and play all those games because I have the PC that can do it. And, of course, they have the access to allow me to do that. And that's freaking awesome. And I think that's worth mentioning. And then something that they should pursue because I do feel they're right. You know, everyone's, everyone's where they're at. And I've heard a lot of different conversations today, you know, based off this whole uh, interview and then, of course, just Redfall in general. And I feel like some people are just missing the mark. There's a lot of folks stating... Oh, he, he's just giving up, you know, he's giving up. And if they would just focus on making great games and put great, ga- great games out, people would come to them. And it's just not true. It isn't true. Phil is right, 100%. You are where you are. And there is no game that's bringing you over. It's not going to happen.
0: And we're not saying, like, oh, nobody's going to go to Xbox no matter how good the games are in that like traditional sense. No. We're just saying, just like he said, if you're a primary PlayStation gamer and there's a bunch of cool games over there, you're not going to ditch that whole the 10 years of PlayStation to jump like you used to be able to, like all of us no. traditionally have thought of. It's just not
1: that way anymore. It's different now. Now you're still going to be the PlayStation cat. But if you got extra funds, you might do the Xbox or just do the Game Pass so you can play those games via your PC if that's what you have. And that's exactly what I do currently. And that's exactly my attitude and mindset is going forward. If there's a game that Xbox throws out there that i got to play, well, boom, I'll get Game Pass for a couple months, have a great time, and then, boop, let it lapse. And I'm back to just playing whatever's on the PlayStation. And I feel like that I'm not some weirdo gamer out there. I feel like this is kind of how... Most gamers are gonna think and play this out, and it just kind of it helped them, but also pushed this forward. Is when they did Game Pass and allowed it to be on the PC and stuff. That's exactly what they created was the ability for me not to have to purchase an Xbox console. But I, honest to goodness, think that's where they're going anyway. And I, I feel like if PlayStation would play along, Nintendo would play along. They just have Xbox passes on those systems for you to just play Xbox games. Via whatever, but nobody's playing nice. So,
0: and if you think about it, that's super smart for them to do. I mean, we've talked about, and other people way smarter than us have talked about. Well, how does Xbox Game Pass earn any money? Because if I have an Xbox, I never buy any full price games; I just have Game Pass. But you, Eric, who don't have an Xbox, if you get it six months out of the year, say whatever—that's twelve ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine or whatever per month—that's going into their coffers. They would not get at all ever period. otherwise ever mm-hmm. and you know again I'm not saying that in like a weird campy way, but that's it's just the facts since you don't have one you wouldn't they wouldn't get any money from you but now since there's that parity between PC and console, they can get that money from you from every other primary PC player who who does who don't even like playing on consoles who only play mouse and keyboard Jones now you have the option to play. Every game that's on Game Pass, every big Xbox first-party game that comes out, that person can, for 12 99 14 99 whatever it is, play it. And every single one of those, boom, that's money that's going to them that they wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly.
1: And now where I'll say where I think he was wrong when he made that statement was that the big first-party games will draw in people to purchase Game Pass for said month, two months, three months to play that big blockbuster hit that they're not going to get on the PlayStation or Nintendo Switch. So he's right and he's wrong. I understand what he was saying and what he was trying to push to the listener. But on the other end of that, if you do have amazing games that you're putting out there, the people will come and buy Game Pass to play that game. Regardless of whether they get the Xbox or not, they'll at least come and play for the month or two. Which draws in money, which brings in resources, and allows them to do more stuff. So it's it's one of those scenarios where it's like I know where he was going, but I know what the Yahoo's yapping about. It we're talking about. So it's it's a mixed bag. He is right, but
0: the way he's framing it is just opposite of how everyone used to think. You can still have system seller games. Yes, but it's just that nobody's going to flip. You, no, you don't have Nobody's going to permanently or.
1: flip anymore.
0: I'm going to sell my, my this to get a that, no matter what it is. Xbox yeah, to PlayStation, no PlayStation, PlayStation starts, to
1: Switch. The... Which is what he talked about.
0: Yeah. And, and for me, it's just all these camp and isolation and silo gamer things. They don't make sense to me. I've always been and will always be as as far as I can. I am a, a gamer. If gamer. you put out mm-hmm. good games anywhere, I want to play it. I'm going to go find them and play them. And especially now, you know, me with handheld games. I don't need to just buy it here and there. I can buy it on PC and play it on a handheld, in my bedroom. I can play it here on PC. If you put something cool on Game Pass, I'm going to go over there. If PlayStation puts out a cool exclusive, I'm going to play it there. If Nintendo has something awesome, i got to play it there. I'm all over the board. And I don't understand why... I mean, monetarily, if you have to be a one-silo gamer, sure. But why would you want there to only be... There can only be one. One. And why would you be angry? Yeah, Have it everywhere. Have this wide spectrum. And if Xbox isn't for you, that's fine. Just play your PlayStation, play your PC, play your Switch, play your whatever. I'll always be that way, and I don't understand
1: this this war, this thing you got to do. Console wars have never made sense. It's okay to have emotions, and it's okay to be jealous once in a while when one of the systems that you didn't have the money to buy or couldn't buy or don't want to buy gets something that you can't have. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can be jealous a little bit, but it doesn't mean you got to go crazy and have a, hey, I hope you die, I hope, uh, I hope everyone on that side goes to hell. What? I don't even understand what that is. No, hey, oh, that game looks amazing. I hope maybe someday it can come over to my side. That would be great. Cool beans.
0: And if a game that doesn't get good critical reception comes out, you don't have to, do- oh, man, Xbox can't get the good game. Look at that. I saw it with Forspoken, oh yeah, and then just on the opposite flip side, now I'm seeing it with Redfall, and both sides, both camps, both instances are stupid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We should want good games, no matter where they are, for everybody, because it benefits everybody. Everybody, if games are good, every gamer should be happy.
1: Yes, and if a game is bad, you don't gotta like, you don't gotta kill it. We we just had this conversation. Yeah. You don't have to pitchfork it into the damn ground. Just say. Unfortunately, this game wasn't for me. It didn't have the things I wanted or whatever, you know, a fair critique, and you leave it alone. Yeah. But every time a game loses its footing or screws up or doesn't deliver, God bless, everyone is out there just stabbing, shooting, murdering, burying it 20 feet deep as far as they can. And this mentality in the gaming world is just mind-boggling to me. It makes no sense to me. And it troubles me, and we even talked about it, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'll never get it.
0: It comes full circle to what I started with. Nobody wants to make a bad game. I guarantee you everybody at Arcane wanted to make a great game that everybody would love, and it didn't turn out that way. Whatever camp you're in, no matter what, you have to know there's countless people behind the scenes of this game who worked really hard to try and do something that people would like. And so to... To just be on Twitter dogging on it, or Forspoken, or any other game. Tears of the Kingdom, if that comes out in a terrible state. That's somebody's passion project. Passion. Somebody wanted that to be a shiny golden nugget. And if it's not, it's not your responsibility to throw mud at them and smack them in the face and say, ha ah, you're an idiot. Your game is garbage. I just, I've i never understood that. I don't get it.
1: Um, once again, though, I don't mind if you give a fair critique. Right. And yeah. you say your piece... But after that you let it go, you walk away, you know, but no, we don't we just keep stabbing and stabbing and jumping on board until there's nothing left and it's like that mentality's gotta just gotta go it's too much.
0: so what about you out there in podcast listener land? Hey, what camp are you in since I said being in camps is bad, which camp are you in? Are you in the good side, the bad side or the side we won't even talk about but do actually drop in. <laughs> Some thoughts, some comments, some questions. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? What are your thoughts on Microsoft going forward? Are you a console wars person? Are you not? Hit us up with anything at the email, at gmail.com on the Twitter machine, at ThirdShiftME. Find us on Facebook under ThirdShift. Hit us up on the Discord, the Patreon. Find me on Twitch. Do anything that you want to do. Get a hold of us because we want to hear from you.
1: We do indeed want to hear from you. You can head over to that Facebook. we chit-chatting over there, living the life of Facebook life. We're also over on Patreon. If you like what we're doing, you want to throw a few bucks our way to contribute, to make our lives easier and paying the masses and paying off the internet and doing the things, that's there for you. If you can't, you don't want to, whatever the case may be, that's perfectly fine. More importantly... Is you just helping out in any way you can by doing mailbag questions, giving us some opinions on what we're talking about, suggestions, all that good stuff, interacting with us over on Twitch, getting on over there to the Discord, hanging out there. We love it. We appreciate it. You just being here and listening is awesome, and you are all the very, very best, unless you're those evil little dastardly bad guys saying mean, mean things and just won't stop. (laughs) If that's the case, you need a spanking, you need to be remedial, what's that, remedial action. Remedial action needs to be taken there you go. to get you back on track, all right?
0: And of course, regardless of what camp you're in and how much remedial action is being laid out upon you, you should listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 11th of May on iTunes and Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate
1: it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. We love the five-star reviews over on the iTunes. We love the five-star reviews over on the Spotify. And if you ever figure that old thing out on Facebook, let me know because I check it out and it still says zero, but somebody maybe smarter than me, most definitely is, and they'll figure it out. And I'll be able to go, hey, there's a review up over there. That's pretty cool. How'd that work? Do that for us. Very much appreciate it.
0: And I'll say, I can't read that one because I can't even access the page without a Facebook account myself. So it'll be a fun twist. Normally, I read the five-star reviews. This time, it'll be aired. So do that for him and me and for you. And with that, there's nothing else to say. But... Shut up and sit down.